and we've just been thinking how practical the book of Deuteronomy is in so many ways and we want to just look at it this morning again and this passage this morning is also very practical so we turn to Deuteronomy chapter 22 there's an interesting uh, item which I, I read this week the former Australian Prime Minister Paul Keating he said that a one world government is the only way out of the present financial crisis he said it's way worse than it appears the top 200 financial institutions in the world have suffered an average loss of value of 74% what we need is a completely new global political and economic settlement if it goes on for a couple of years there will be the serious question of an American default a default by the United States Treasury that is what we are dealing with until we get to a representative world structure of power that is a global political power and global financial power that's the only way I think that confidence will be restored and will return and he said that uh, in on the American Broadcasting Corporation on February the 2nd somebody commented about it and said that you'd think he'd been reading the book of Revelation he didn't recommend a one world religious system but he certainly has got his head around a one world money system and a one world government so that's we're living in end times <coughs> and uh, we're thinking recently about this the new atheists the uh, advertising campaign that they had on city buses and it's spreading it began as you know in London where they put uh, their slogan there's probably no God now stop worrying and enjoy your life it went on to over 800 buses and on the tube stations and posters in the underground but it's also in America uh, they've started putting uh, advertisements on uh, buses and things over there as well why believe in a God just be good for goodness sake and it's happening in Spain and in Italy in uh, the one in Italy said the bad news is that God does not exist the good news is that we do not need him the Bible says the fool hath said in his heart there is no God so all these militant atheists are rising up to attack the word of God <coughs> so that's all let's look at Deuteronomy chapter 22 and we read just a few verses on this chapter thou shalt not see thy brother's ox or his sheep go astray and hide thyself from them thou shalt in any case bring them again unto thy brother 
and if thy brother be nigh unto thee, be not nigh unto thee, or if thou know him not, then thou shalt bring it unto thine own house, and it shall be with thee until thy brother seek after it. Thou shalt restore it to him again. In like manner shalt thou do with his ass, and so shalt thou do with his raiment, and with all lost things of thy brothers, which he hath lost, and thou hast found, shalt thou do likewise. Thou shalt not hide thyself. Thou shalt not see thy brother's ass or his ox fall down by the way, and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt surely help him to lift them up again. You have your kids... Uh, there are a lot of horses and carts around the streets and quite often in frosty weather the old horse would slip under the, the uh, shafts and used to go over and throw old coats under the horse's legs and take the shafts off for a while and help them up again. I was reminded of that just as I read those verses the other day. You know, as we have read through Deuteronomy, we've noticed again and again how often uh, blessings and the results of the feasts of Israel, they were very inclusive. The, the blessings of the land were to include the Levite, the poor, the stranger, the widow, and the orphans. They're all to, to enjoy the benefits of the land. Deuteronomy 1.16 <coughs> And I charge your judges at that time, saying, Hear the causes between your brethren, the judge, and judge righteously between every man and his brother, and the stranger that is with him. Deuteronomy 10.19 Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Deuteronomy 14.29 And the Levite, because he hath no partner inheritance with thee, and the stranger... And the fatherless and the widow, which are within thy gates, shall come, and shall eat and be satisfied that the Lord thy God may bless thee in all thy work of thine hand which thou doest. God was going to bless them, but one of the conditions of blessings was that they were to be uh, sensitive to those who had less than they had. Deuteronomy 16, 11. And thou shalt rejoice before the Lord thy God, thou and thy son, and thy daughter, and thy manservant, and thy maidservant, and the Levite, that is within thy gates, and the stranger, and the fatherless, and the widow, that are among you in the place which the Lord thy God hath chosen to place his name there. So there was a principle <clears throat> throughout the book of Deuteronomy to help the strangers and the, the fatherless and the widows and your brother Israelite and you know with those in mind it's no surprise that we come to these verses in chapter 22 and here they are to remind the Israelites that the land was to be a land where labours of love should prevail you know in, in, in Britain today how often we read in papers that some old person has been found dead in their home, surrounded by neighbours who have somehow lost the caring attitude which was our nation's pride some years ago. 
I was reading just in the paper just recently an old age pensioner tackled a thief as he ran from a shop and the crowd just looked on as he held on to the thief and eventually the thief clobbered him over the head and he had to let go but the crowd just looked on nobody went to his assistance he was caught eventually they got four years but the principle was that nobody went to his help we have child abuse cases like this little baby P that lovely little kid surrounded by neighbours and social workers but left to the brutality of his mother and her boyfriend what's gone wrong we saw the the, 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 the woman who was in charge of the social services being interviewed just this weekend and she was blaming everybody else but has never accepted any blame herself what's gone wrong well I suppose many would believe that it's because slowly the nation has cut itself away from any Christian principles that it had the churches have moved away from the word of God. The government has sought to control people's lives through laws and schemes which slowly eat at the, the social and moral structures that have been built up over many years. The ethics of family life have been replaced by immoral laws, unmarried parents, single mothers and the like have been rewarded financially for their immoral life styles we have both parents now encouraged to to work even when the children are very small and the state wants that to happen the children run wild as a result and then there is surprise expressed by everybody at the inevitable result normal parental and school punishment is banned discipline in schools has broken down I see where over 5,000 schools in the United Kingdom was in the Telegraph yesterday have, have uh, access to, to police officers to help them in bringing in discipline children and youth crimes continue to rise We see binge drinking every weekend on our television sets. Prisons are bursting at the seams. Our financial services, as we are seeing there from the, uh, Paul Keating in Australia, they're, they're, they're crooked. Our financial services with our MPs and the Lords are corrupt. And they're even amoral. They do not even seem to realise that they are corrupt. I see uh, where the uh, Royal Bank of Scotland is going to pay out over a billion pounds in bonuses in, within the next few weeks. And it is now partly owned by the state. The controlling interest. And that they're going to pay out these vast bonuses. That's a sad fact. Failure is rewarded and people are rewarded for their corruption peerages, they get peerages and honours and you see when they're in the Lord's and they're just as bad as everybody else and the government wonders what's gone wrong and why there is unrest so I was just thinking about it that 
the pipe dream of that song which they all sing at various things Jerusalem building Jerusalem in England's green and pleasant land is sadly no more likely now than ever it was and all this is a long way off the idea that God had in mind for his children when they entered the promised land in Deuteronomy 22 thou shalt not see thy brother's ox or a sheep go astray and hide thyself from them thou shalt in any way in any case bring them again unto thy brother oh, it was such a, an easy principle this if your brother's ox or sheep goes astray you collect it and you bring it back to the fellow if you don't know who owns it you bring it back to your own house you keep it there until such cases when your brother will find out that you have it then you hand it over to you know I was, I was driving from Foy uh, towards the main road a while back and there was a, 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 a ewe with a lamb on the road <coughs> and I, I stopped and uh, went into the nearest farm and said to the chap there's a ewe out here with a, a lamb uh, is, is it yours? he says no it's not mine and that was it he didn't do anything he just kept on doing what he was doing and I, 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 I went out and pushed it into a field but this guy hadn't read Deuteronomy <laughs> no it wouldn't have happened 20 or 30 years ago that wouldn't have happened the farmer would have been out taking the thing back into his his, his own place and uh, he'd have said something like hang on a minute I'll get, help you get it off the road and put it into one of our pens until I find out who wants it that, that's the way it would have been but sadly our society has lost a lot in recent years just common neighborliness and decency and that's what God was advocating for the children of Israel here in this and this principle was to apply right through all their life situations just not their sheep or their oxen their asses their, their coats if you found it, their garment you were to do the same everything which resulted in a loss to their neighbor was to be seen as an opportunity for them to show brotherly love <coughs> I, was, I was thinking of this and let's turn to Luke chapter 25 uh, Luke's gospel chapter 10 sorry verse 25 I hardly need to look this up it's a very familiar story the story of the good Samaritan and behold a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him saying master what shall I do to inherit eternal life he said unto him what is written in the law how readest thou and he answering said thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart with all thy soul with all thy strength with all thy mind and thy neighbor as thyself Jesus said unto him thou hast answered right this do and thou shalt live <coughs> but he willing to justify himself said unto Jesus and who is my neighbor Jesus answering said 
A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance there came down a certain priest that way. And when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Likewise a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him, and went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn, and took care of him. And on the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence, and gave them to the host, and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. <coughs> Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbour unto him that fell among the thieves? He said, He that showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said unto him, Go and do thou likewise. The lawyer. He was an interpreter and teacher of the Mosaic law. Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He was, he was testing Jesus to see what he would say. What is written in the law? How readest thou? He was the expert, or the alleged expert. That was his job, teaching the law. So Jesus asked them, what do you say? He said, you love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all this, and thy neighbor as thyself. That was a pretty good answer. But you see, he was, he was supposed to be the expert. It must have annoyed him a little bit, I think, if he, for the, Jesus to have thrown this question at him. What does the law say? May have, it may have provoked him a little bit. And he answered right. Jesus said, well, do that. And you live. And the man knew his law. But he willing to justify himself. I wonder why he felt it necessary that he had to justify himself. Did he want to, to, to uh, get rid of some niggle in his life? Well, had something happened to him that Jesus had placed it on, uh, just a, opened a little sore, a little wound in this man's life? And therefore he felt he had to say something to justify himself. Was he in some way defensive towards Jesus? who had answered him with a reply in a subject which he was a teacher which he was a teacher was Jesus trying to teach him the law so he felt he had to, to say something he said who's my neighbor and so Jesus told a story was it a factual story or was it in the form of a parable well 
people will discuss that. Perhaps it was a true story about a man who had been attacked on his journey from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now, you'll have heard people speaking on this parable, or this story, many times. You know, we have it, Jerusalem was the city of God, and Jericho was the accursed city, and this man was traveling, he turned his back on Jerusalem, he turned his back on God, and he was going towards the city which was accursed, and so on. But we don't want to look at it in that respect today. We want to just look at it in as a picture of how far removed Israel was from the law of brotherly love. The man, an Israelite, a brother, a fellow Jew, in the context of Deuteronomy 22, was traveling from Jerusalem to Jericho. We know the story, he fell among thieves, he was attacked and he was left half dead. Now Jesus went on to say, a certain priest came along. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. A priest. One who, who, whose job was to busy himself with the sacrifices and work in the temple of God. One whom the people relied on to bring them in some way closer to God. In the worship of a holy God. Surely he could be relied upon to help in this secular situation and show brotherly love. He was probably going up to Jerusalem, to the temple. Maybe he didn't want to be contaminated by a body which was perhaps going to die because the man was half dead. Well, he did the very thing that Moses was warning against. When the situation came along where help was needed, Moses said, Thou mayest not hide thyself. He made himself scarce. Are we ever guilty of that sort of thing? How often when children are guilty, what do they do? They hide themselves. When God walked in the Garden of Eden, and he called Adam, where art thou? Adam had sinned. What do we read? Adam hid himself. May we never to seek to hide ourselves from God in sin. But rather come to him in repentance and find that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Had this certain lawyer also hid himself in some way from God? The priest in the story passed by on the other side. And that's an expression which has come into common usage. I'm sure not many people realize that probably that was the first place they started hearing about it in the Bible. Passing by on the other side. one is expected to show love do we hide ourselves and the story continued a Levite when he was at the place he came and he actually came over to have a look at the man 
But then he passed by on the other side. I'm getting out of here. If this fellow's been attacked by these thieves, they might attack me, so I'm not getting involved. Like the people who watched the old man in the report on the paper after he caught the thief, they did nothing. They weren't getting involved. I wonder, as I was thinking about this, I was wondering what was going through the lawyer's mind. He was an expert in the Jewish law, and it has so far two people who were experts in the Jewish law, but they had a priest. And then there was a Levite, and I'm sure he began to wonder, is, is, is he going to say something about a lawyer? They were very close to his profession. They each had been taught, and they each should have been experts in the law, but each had ignored it. They hid themselves. Jesus continued, and I'm sure this surprised the lawyer, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, a Samaritan. Why is Jesus bringing in a Samaritan into the story about the Jewish law? <clears throat> you know, we, we all know the troubles in Northern Ireland. They were caused from a few hundred years ago planters from Scotland and the north of England were brought over to Northern Ireland and also a few down in Munster as well uh, and the Irish, the native Irish were put out of their land and these people were planted in those lands. People who came in had a different religion they were had allegiance to a different king and it caused trouble and that trouble still niggles on right up to the present day well the Samaritans were planters in Samaria the, the Israelis who were living in that area had been taken away into exile and they, these planters had been put in and because they didn't know anything about Jewish law some priests were hired to go and teach them the law but they taught a, a mixed up religion and so it caused friction and that had happened hundreds of years previously and still the Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans so why was Jesus why was this man now introducing into uh, the, the story that he's telling surely the Samaritan is not going to be the goody in this story and the Samaritan Jesus went on to say went to him and bound up his wounds pouring in oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him and looked after him and I wonder what the lawyer was thinking at this stage but Jesus was still speaking and he was asking a question. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? The people were listening, waiting for an answer. And he had to say, He that showed mercy on him. 
Jesus says, good, go and do thou likewise. Go and do thou likewise. We as Christians are to do works which are pleasing to God and to help our fellow man. Ephesians 2.8 For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Good works won't get us to heaven but once we become Christians, it is imperative that we perform good works. Jesus said, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Nothing to do to glorify us, but to glorify God when they see our good works you know in Philippians 2.20 Paul had something very sad to say I have no man like minded who will naturally care for your state for all seek their own not the things which are Jesus Christ that's a very sad verse imagine Paul saying I have no one like minded who will care with genuine feelings how ye get on They were thinking of themselves. They seek their own things. And that's what's happened. Never mind with the people around in the world, but in some cases it has happened within the Christian family as well. He had no one with whom he had fellowship in this labor of love in the gospel. Why? They had hid themselves. For all seek their own things, not the things of Jesus Christ. That's incredible. Writing to the Corinthians, the Galatians, the Ephesians, the Colossians, and the Romans, and so on. And he says, I've got nobody of a like mind to share in these things with me. Because all seek their own things. We, we looked at it a few weeks ago. At his trial. What did he say? At my defense no man stood with me. All have deserted me. They hid themselves. And what happened to Paul? It will happen to us. But it happened to Jesus. 
We read that the disciples forsook him and fled. They hid themselves. This practical teaching of Deuteronomy is so simple, but yet so difficult. You know, we could spiritualize the story that Christians and our brothers around us in the churches if they lose their ox or their sheep and it goes astray there is an imperative that we as Christians should go now what is the ox? the ox is the strength in our lives what is the strength? the joy of the Lord is our strength we were talking about this uh, at the start the joy of the Lord Christians lose their joy the ox speaks to us in some way of the, the strength which the joy of the Lord gives us and here's a brother who's lost that strength that joy in the Lord and we should be there to help him and the sheep go astray oh he's lost the, the ability to care for people the sheep have gone astray so we should be there helping him to get that desire to be closer to God we should be there to help him to help him get his strength back to help him get his, his caring spirit back his brotherly love back so that he can do these labours of love we could look at it all that way but also in a very practical way May we listen to this very practical teaching and perform labours of love to those around us, but especially to those within the household of faith.